0: (laughs) (laughs) we're capping off two seasons of connected intelligence this is our holiday special we get to celebrate the end of the year and also two really really fun seasons so welcome we're going to go through some of our favorite clips our favorite moments do a little behind the scenes of behind the scenes yeah please enjoy our holiday special
1: Sonia, I'm really disappointed that I haven't gotten to see you dressed up as Santa Claus this year.
0: (laughs) It's not part of my typical annual holiday celebration, but in time, I could make it happen. I feel like a felt suit is in my future.
1: Yeah. Do you own a red suit?
0: I don't. Do you? Uh, No. More importantly, does Waffles your pug?
1: She has a couple Christmas sweaters. We have some matching Christmas sweaters.
0: Is she in a Christmas sweater for today's holiday special?
1: No, I could put her in one. She actually doesn't like wearing clothes. So I only do it for the photos. (laughs) She gets really sad when I have to put sweaters on her.
0: You do it for the gram?
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's like a little bit, a little bit cruel in my eyes. It's only for a moment. (laughs) And when it's really cold, she does need it. You know, I am her parent. I am looking out for her.
0: It's responsible. Yes. So let's talk about our favorite moments.
1: What a year it's been. So this is our 22nd episode to cap off 2022.
0: We didn't plan this. (gasps) Wow. Phenomenal.
1: No, no, no. Let's just say we planned it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We planned this. Also, 22 is a multiple of 11, which only happens every 11 numbers. It's true.
1: I don't know how, I don't
2: know how to It's true. That.
0: It was just the most fun multiplication to learn.
1: That is true. It was the easiest as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Who wants to start with their first moment?
0: Amar, why don't you start with yours?
2: So one of my favorite moments has redefined how I look at cotton candy. Our celebrity biologist, Professor Laura Rosella, has come on for two episodes now in the last uh, two seasons and she just walked us through this story about one of her courses uh, when she was learning epidemiology and I'll let you guys listen to the rest.
0: We had a an expert uh, come in and speak to us about an outbreak that they had just investigated and they were talking about, you know, really pretty severe outbreak affected children, many people that went to this petting zoo were infected. Oh no. And they went to figure out, you know, what's the source of this? How can we, you know, epidemiology is all about trying to get to the transmission, right? Like, where is the transmission occurring? And they realized that the cotton candy machine (laughs) was right next to the place where, I think they were petting goats, if I remember. Oh no. So, you know, like your hand is petting the goat, And then your hand is going to the cotton candy machine, and then you were eating the cotton
1: candy. Okay.
0: I mean, not days after we recorded that, did I see a hot dog stand at the edge of a petting zoo. I'm not even kidding you. (laughs) (laughs) Did you warn them? And I just thought there's open ketchup and relish. You know, now I know. And you can't unsee it once you see it.
1: And hot dogs are a hand food. I don't think I've ever eaten hot dogs with a knife and fork. <laughs> so on a little bit more of a heartfelt note, um, I know the past couple of years have been very hard for everybody with the pandemic. And calling back from Catherine Luelo's episode. And at the time, she was chief information officer of Air Canada. And when she was just talking about what it was like for all the employees to be going through the mass layoffs and just the selflessness that she got to see. So let's listen to the clip. Was the biggest leadership challenge I've ever had. And it taught me one simple thing. You just have to show up. You have to show up. You have to be vulnerable. And you have to be honest as hard as that is. And sometimes the hard thing was we are going to need to reduce. We are, and it's going to be this date and this is what it's going to look like. And we're going to try to do it in a way. And we had people on the team, put their hand up and say, furlough me because I don't want you to furlough one of my colleagues. They can't afford it.
0: It feels like a long time ago, but it wasn't a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And I think Catherine really captured the spirit of that time when there was so much uncertainty and we were all trying to figure it out. And isn't it incredible the way she described her team coming together and supporting each other? And I feel like we saw that all around in all of our communities.
1: Mm -hmm. All right, Sonia, one of your moments.
0: Okay. Music, leadership. What do they have in common? According to Dan DeBoe, he taught us a lot about how you can think about bringing together a collection of people and learning how to work together and make space for each other. And he had a really amazing analogy of that. When I think about how to create harmony, I now think a lot about the example he gave us. So let's play that.
3: What I realized is that great musicians don't try and um, compete, mm-hmm. they try and complement. And so you can see that in teams too. Like, are you trying to be the smartest person in the room? Is that person trying to be the smartest or like make everybody? But like the real ogs the people who are amazing is the guitar player who i know can shred everyone's face but they're just sitting back playing a rhythm uh uh, figure because that will keep the time together that will keep the song going well everyone will know what to play
0: and the new guy or the new gal who comes in let them shine and have their moment so like those kind
3: of generosity of moments where you get there are really important
0: right
1: I just loved what he said, because when you're listening to music as an audience member, you care about the whole song. You don't care about the individual parts. And that's for most things in life. When you have a company, when you have a product, it's about the whole.
0: Yeah. And the whole idea that the best musicians in the world intentionally sort of hang back to create space for everybody else to shine and take their turn. Great analogy.
2: So I feel like, this whole this whole concept of like creating the harmony and and working together and creating moments. Um, I really loved one of our uh, other guests this season, Professor Tiziana Kechar. She's written a book, Power for All." And she actually talks really interestingly and explains this concept so well. and it's basically about an Uber misconception when it comes to power. and it relates exactly to what you both just said about you know sort of working together in a team, and we can play that clip
0: the uber misconception, so to speak, (laughs) is that power is a zero sum game. That is the problem that I think that if I give you more power, I automatically lose power. And that is not how power works because power is, again, in a relationship. So, yes, you can have power over me, meaning all of a sudden I recognize that Sonia has a resource that I really would like and I cannot get easily elsewhere. So you have this influence, but that doesn't mean that I don't have this influence over you. I can still have power over you. It's still working. It's a mutual dependence, right? That operates. A song is not typically all drums or all guitar or all piano or all violin, right? That it's like that blend all together. And then she talked a lot about the concept of interdependence and that has really stuck with me. What about you, Elizabeth?
1: Yeah, I think just having the concept that power isn't this finite resource where if somebody else is empowered, it doesn't take away from yourself. You're just both working together a lot better.
0: And that it's all relational. Yeah. Good one, Amar.
1: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) On that note, that power concept was so cool. And I love it when a concept is just explained well to me. And so another instance this year was when we had Daryl Kopke on and he was explaining his definition of culture. And culture is the word that is very, very common, but it's one of those things where I haven't really ever thought about what the actual definition could be.
3: What is culture? Think about it like this. Culture is the aggregate sum of all the conversations happening in a company. If those conversations are toxic or passive aggressive or blaming, or uh, then that's your culture. If if your conversations as a group is about performance management, KPIs, goal setting, then that's your culture. Uh, if your conversations are non-existent because people aren't willing to have that relationship of of, of trust and, and and vulnerability, then that's your culture, right? You can extend this description to your family, to your sports teams, to your, your work groups, right? And just step back and go, what's my culture of my family? Well, everyone's toxic with each other. That's my culture.
1: I think what I found was super insightful is that culture boils down to just the conversations that you're having. And so you're controlling the culture that you're in constantly of how you communicate with other people.
0: And he also made the point that If you're not talking, that doesn't mean there's no culture. There's still a culture. It's a culture of not talking. Right. (laughs) So he communicated that so, so amazingly well. So the last two clips have been Tatiana talking about power in relationship and then Daryl talking about culture and the aggregate sum of the conversations you're having, which conversations, of course, happening in relationship. Then we had our first ever married couple. And business partner couple on the podcast, Eva and Alan Lau. I just learned so much. So let's roll that clip.
2: So, for any relationship, you know, for those audience right now, whether you are trying to find a co founder or you are building a business, uh, trying to hire your executive team members, remember what makes it a different conversation is your integrity and how trusting you are as a person those two goes hand in hand and it will not be any good relationship if you in you know if you're missing one or the other so i would say yes maintain your integrity and build trust with the people around you That was such a feel-good moment in a very feel-good episode. Just the consistency of their value system. And it goes to show why they've been so successful in in the work that both Alan and Eva have done. So because it was so feel-good, and because this is a holiday special, can I please ask about your favorite holiday movie?
0: Home Alone. There's no other holiday movie.
2: Okay, well, there are others. It's Elf. It's Elf. Okay, so... Mine is a battle between Elf and the Polar Express. I know the Polar Express is not a popular <laughs> choice.
0: The Polar Express they hadn't fully nailed the 3D animation at that point. Like everyone still looked like a character in the Sims. <laughs> yes,
2: I know, but the concept is just so like if you hear the jingle bells like you believe in Santa. It's so I don't know. It was it was heartwarming and also the hot chocolate scene in the train.
1: Favorite moment, <laughs> 100%. But I'll- after that movie, me and my friends tried maple syrup on spaghetti. And let me tell you, it <laughs> is terrible.
2: Good for you for trying that because I already knew that.
0: <laughs> after Home Alone, I've tried many plain cheese pizzas just for me, and they were fantastic.
1: I thought you were going to say, I've tried many booby traps. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're talking about all of these great comedic movies, this brings us to my next favorite moment with three of our guests, Professor Ajay Agarwal, Avi Goldfarb, and Joshua Gans, and Ajay's concept of the power wheel and how they dealt with this
0: as a team. Would you mind sharing a time when the three of you advanced an idea but ultimately ended up abandoning it?
3: I had come up with this idea called the power wheel. Uh, the idea of it was thinking about what we call in um, economics the residual claimant so in other words when we introduce ai into a a system who sort of who benefits and we were and the idea was that you do this analysis at the individual level like the employee level and at the uh, company level and at the the country level and so we pushed this idea, and uh, I think it was even in a draft of an article we sent to Harvard Business Review. Um, and you know, we and I and we taught it a couple times, and I thought it was great. And uh, in the end, I can't remember whether it was Avi or Josh. One of them killed it, and that was the end of the power wheel. And I was just looking at the other day, thinking how great it was, <laughs> and then it, and it never made it into the into the book. And Jay doesn't. Realize, uh, you know, the extent. The reason it went to in the first draft to Harvard Business Review for an article. Our bet was they were going to hate it, and so we could help our little coalition of two.
1: Yeah, you heard Audrey's explanation of the power wheel. So I am by far no expert in economics, but it sounded like a really good, fleshed out idea. <laughs> and so I have decided to create what my visual representation of what Ajay's power wheel should look like. So I'm going to share my screen and I would like you to, to just describe <laughs> what it looks like to our viewers. We can do and that. So we'll leave some to the imagination.
0: So what we're looking at is a circle and the circle is a collection of biceps.
1: It's not a circle, it's a wheel, Sonia.
0: It's a wheel, of course, my <laughs> apologies. And the biceps are actually power. I and they're flexing.
1: That. They're flexing. Right,
0: I was I was really certain that this was going to actually just be a picture of pugs. <laughs> pugs in a circle. I'm gonna send this to Aj.
2: <laughs> so one of the other um, guests that we had in this uh, in season two was Christine Toby, and her entire theme was exploration. And I know we're supposed to have our favorite moments and they've been really insightful and they've been from the guests themselves, but this one is from the debrief.
0: So the big thing about Christine is that she loves exploring. She's a scuba diver and she has always wanted to go to space. I think that's an important lead up to this clip.
1: And also a CTO of a space company.
0: Exactly. (laughs)
1: So commercial space flight, Elizabeth, you would
2: sign up if you could go? Yes. So up with you.
0: I would need to really understand the conditions on which I'm going. How long <laughs> am I going for? What kind of supplies do we have? Will there be snacks? Snacks. Yeah. Is there Wi-Fi? I'm kidding. You no, know, I, I need to just assess the basics. Okay. So you're a maybe. I'm a maybe. I'm, I'm a need. need to learn more. I still need to learn more.
2: <laughs> this this specific debrief moment then started a thread between Sonia, myself, and Elizabeth the rest of the season where it would always be option A, yes, option B, no, <laughs> and option C, it depends. And Sonia would always go, it depends.
0: <laughs> need more information. That's a true scientist, right? It depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of my absolute favorite moments of the first two seasons of the podcast is speaking to Mike Serbinus about his journey as an entrepreneur. He's grown so many companies. He's been in deep tech. He's built airfoils and invented a bunch of stuff. But when he was talked us through how he was reflecting on whether or not he wanted to start League, which is the company he's now the CEO of. So let's play that.
3: But I remember thinking what if this is successful quickly, like COBA was? Would I start again at 45, 44, 47? Would I start again at 50? <laughs> it's such a big, foreign, scary number that's now all of a sudden very close. And the answer is 100 fucking percent yes. It's, <laughs> uh, it's what I love, it's what I know, I think I'm good at it, and I think it brings and I can bring uh, a ton of um a ton of impact.
0: He was so enthusiastic about the work he does. And mm-hmm. he talked about it. He talked about it in terms of feeling totally in love with the process and in love with the problem and fully invested in the company he was building. I found that to be just so inspirational. and hearing him say that he would do it again. and that's what he's good at, and that's what he loves doing you really felt like you were in the presence of someone who was very aligned with their mission in life.
1: Yeah. What I really liked was just hearing that he is totally willing to start a whole new venture at whatever age he comes to and that made me think about myself where I had a conversation recently with a friend being like I feel like I'm like starting to settle into like my career like I don't know if I would do anything after this, but at the same time, I feel like there must be other things. I could be doing something completely different when I'm 40. Hearing that from Mike just made me feel comfortable with that thought.
0: So could you describe 2022 in a word for you?
1: Ever-changing?
0: Ooh, that could be many things. (laughs) Amar, what's your word?
1: I think exploration.
0: That's Christine's word.
2: I know. I'm she sorry. to does own it.
0: <laughs> Exploration. How about you? If you can remember back, we were still going through Omicron in 2022. Oh my gosh. So I'd say, I'd say 2022 is very gritty. Mm, I like that. One of the most wonderful things about the podcast is that it allows you to reflect. We talked about taking that moment, doing the debriefs, listening back learning from all these incredible guests. And there's one guest, Seema talked about storytelling. And I asked her if she could tell her life story to date in four words. And hers was just amazing. She came up with it on the spot. Let's play the last clip. Can you tell your life story to now in four words or less?
1: That's a very big challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky surrounded
0: by love such a good answer oh mine is so much worse (laughs) I don't know I was gonna say worked hard had fun oh I like that too (laughs) like nowhere near as profound
1: hey well if any listeners remember mine was pet dogs keep smiling so (laughs) (laughs) is that profound maybe
0: many more chapters to write Elizabeth
1: many more dogs to pet. Yeah. I was at the dog park yesterday. There were a whole new set of dogs I had never met. Every day is a surprise. Okay, mine was keep on capturing moments.
0: This has been tremendously fun, and we're going to do it all over again in 2023, season 3. What if anything are you looking forward to for season 3?
1: I think more conversations with you guys. How nice. Um, I think the nicest thing this year about feedback from the podcast is people telling us how much they like the debrief and I remember way back when you wanted to start this podcast Anya and you asked me like oh do you want to help with it I said yeah that sounds really cool I love editing and then you asked me do you want to be on it and I thought in my head absolutely not (laughs) but here I am and I look forward to these so much now so it's just been nice that people actually enjoy these little conversations that we have. I'm excited. Elizabeth's stole my answer, but uh, the debriefs are always
2: fun. So I'm excited for more randomness, but I'm also just excited for experimentation. I think every single one of our guests brings something new um, and we learn something new uh, in those conversations. So I'm just truly looking forward to those.
0: Where will the pod take us next? A huge thank you to our listeners. Thank you for clicking, whichever links you click, putting in your AirPods or your headphones or your fancy headphones with a microphone attached and listening and spending time with us. We can't possibly communicate how much we appreciate it. And I can guarantee you, we've got a great lineup starting January 5th. We'll see you there. We leave you now with my favorite version of Jingle Bells. Jingle, jingle. Hmm.